Welcome to the Apodcalypticast. Oh yeah. I am Josh Demi. I am Chris Vlamakis. I am Zachary Ballard. And today we are reviewing the movie Vivarium with Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. Yep. Alright, so uh, let's just go through through the different things that we were looking at uh, in the film and then we'll give it a grade afterward. Uh, let's just talk about... So the first one is theme. Uh, what do we think the theme was, guys? Fear of being entrapped. Mm. At least that's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I, I think the theme, mainly going off of basically some of the dialogue in like the first couple of scenes mm-hmm. with her and that student, is that like life like uh just is sometimes uh unavoidably shitty oh yeah i think that's kind of like where like life uh, because it shows some good aspects of it where her the two main characters relationship with each other but then also shows ups and downs with them and then also shows that like well they they're forced to raise this creature this kid uh, and in some in some marriages and some relationships, they have the same feeling towards their actual kid. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. yeah. But no, I think that all comes back to that feeling of entrapment. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think I think the theme was um, was what is natural and what is unnatural, because at the very beginning, the student was like, uh, "Why did this happen to this bird?" and the, and um, uh, what was her name? Uh, I can't remember the character's name. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not I gonna remember. lie; they were they were bland names. Yeah, um, and that's not like a, a bad thing yeah. for this yeah. story, because it it makes it feel so that like it could happen to anyone. Yeah, this they were they're also pretty bland characters, but we'll get to that. But anyway, the main girl, uh, she was um, she was talking to the student, and she was like, "That's just nature." It just happens. And so, and like throughout the course of the movie, we see this suburb of like houses that look the same. And it, I think, I think the movie was commentating on is, is being a cookie cutter natural? Is, is, is living this life natural or is it in natural, unnatural? And how does that affect us as human beings? Um, when we... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, th- I think that was the dramatic question, was the child asking her that was like, like well, and then she just says, well, that's nature, like that's just how yeah, life is. Happen. That's just how life is, and we can't do anything about it. Um, I think. Yeah, I think peace. Like obviously, pieces can have multiple themes, and oh, I think yeah, uh, yeah and I think yeah, both of those themes can come together in a, in a certain way oh, yeah yeah um, um some people may like it is natural to like let's say have and like raise a child like it's almost an instinct that hu- uh, human beings and most creatures have but like so, for some people it just doesn't feel right in a sense mm-hmm. yeah i just had a thought the the part where um they get a box with the kid in it and in the box it says, raise the boy and be released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of like couples think is going to happen. They think that once they oh, yeah. raise this, wait, they raise their kids, then life is just going to get back to normal. Well, and like, but it's not. Their life changed. I mean, that goes back to like, not just necessarily like, uh, ev- every generation has this, but I, I've heard it a lot just with our, our, the millennial age group that we're all in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a very prevalent idea, uh, but at the same time, I think um, the the co-parenting thing that is starting to come about. I don't know if you, either of you guys, have heard of this. I have a couple of friends who are doing it, but where you are are seriously dating or or messing around with someone, mm-hmm. and you get pregnant or you get somebody pregnant. And then instead of getting married or staying together and raising the child, you break up at that moment, but you become friends to parent 
Hmm. They hmm. still have this idea that once the kid's done, their relationship could go back to something considered even kind of normal, maybe. And that's just not how the world works. Yeah. It's, it's not how people work with each other. Yeah. The, the whole thought of, well, if we're not in a relationship and we're raising a kid, we might still be, you know, friends at the end of this. It doesn't make sense. You have to, you yeah. have to be, you have to be committed to each other and supporting each other throughout that process. It can't just be, uh, let's do this as friends. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. I haven't heard of people doing that before. I've got like, four friends that are doing it right now. Interesting. I I think that, well, I think like if if the couple splits up or gets divorced, like you can that's still a great raise option. A, you can still raise a kid, but I don't I don't know why they would just decide to break off the relationship there, like because because like even having a kid with someone is such an intimate thing and even like having having sex with someone is such an intimate thing that like yeah. it's hard to it's hard to just be friends for 18 years yeah um even if you even if you still like each other or love each other you yeah. know why would you i don't know well and like the the i i don't have a problem with the co-parenting mm -hmm. thought i have a problem with the well, we're, we're, we're having a baby, so we need to break up so that we can co-parent instead of being, being together. Because I think the idea behind co-parenting is the same idea of, of being in the relationship and being a parent. It's just less likely to have that, that legal weight if things fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I gave theme a four. Because it wasn't very clear at the end. Um, I thought the theme was good. I just, I just wish like it, the ending made sense in a, to an extent, but it didn't really tie the theme, theme or themes that they were going for at the end. So I gave theme a four. I think we differed on that because we saw different themes. Mm -hmm. I gave theme a five because mm -hmm. I felt they stuck to that fear of suburbia and fear of entrapment and fear of being in this cookie cutter neighborhood and cookie cutter lifestyle. They stuck with it all the way through. And then when she's going through all of the different houses at the end and she's seeing other people that are stuck in this, it gets even scarier for not just her, but I, I got kind of freaked out. And this isn't a fear that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of suburbia. I am afraid of like cookie cutter houses and stuff, but not yeah. so much that I'm like, actively trying not to go into any neighborhood that may or may not have those kind of people around. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it triggered something in me based on how I had viewed the theme of the movie the entire time I was watching it. And it was, uh, I, I think they did it well if we're following the fear of, of, of that entire premise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, along the same lines as Josh, I feel Although the message to me was kind of muddled in some areas, I feel that the theme and them expounding and getting to the climax towards the end of the uh, show, I would I would give it five. Without uh, I'm not going to do fractions. I'll just do five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes it easier. <laughs> that so, makes me feel like you're sitting at like a four point seven. Yeah, four point yeah five or something <laughs> like that. So. I guess out of all of us, the theme would be a five. Yeah, I think so. I, I like the themes. Um, I just wish it tied it in more. But so, okay, theme is five. So perfect score so far. Woo. Um, writing and story. Uh, I, uh, I'll start with this one. Okay. Um, the story to me was fairly predictable. Um, I like, it still gave you a pretty eerie sense and like the way that it was written and the way that, and we can talk about characters later on the, but the way that certain, the certain choices that were made about the writing. Yeah. You got, you got eerie, you got creeped out in some areas, but there was a lot of times while watching the movie. Um, and like, and, and anyone can have this, but I was, I was very much predict what was going to happen or adjacent to what was going to happen and it and it kind of did happen 
Um, I had a very much prediction uh, at the end about like it just with the way the young boy was acting and the young boy was dressing and they and I think it was kind of purposeful that it was in your face that this young boy was growing up to be somebody like the Martin character we meet at the very beginning of the of the movie. Yeah. If not, like I had, there was also the prevailing theory that like through some weird happenstance that he actually was. That was a theory we had that, that he was Martin. Yeah. But like my thing was like he no this seems to be like where did Martin come from? He was raised in some sort of scenario like this, and um I think the the best choices that they made were some of the choices that specifically were like involved with with the kid, and like I uh but like it it was fair like it was fairly predictable to me uh. uh with the delving into the madness of both characters, how she kind of defaulted to like a being a motherly figure, how Tom, oh, you got their names, uh, how Tom, uh, kind of delved into madness and like the first sign of him, uh, honestly being a person that's trying to escape, uh, and everything like that. I was kind of like, okay. And then towards the end when it was just like, okay, they, they, I don't think they were trying to make it like, oh no, is Tom going to survive kind of thing. I think they, yeah. I, it was very simple to me. Mm-hmm. Simple isn't necessarily bad, but in some of the areas it was over simple and kind of predictable for me. And, you know, that's just my thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, uh, I, I agree on most of your points. Um, actually, when it came to, the story and the writing, it just wasn't as strong for me as I was hoping it would be. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, there were multiple points where, and it wasn't the actor's fault, or the, the director's fault even, but the, the lines just fell flat. And, and re-watching it the second time, because um, the first night that I watched it, I watched it twice. I got, I got to the end the first time, and I was like, I kind of really liked that. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again to see if I can I can maybe pull more notes and, and more thoughts um, out. Uh, and my, my second time through, I was like really paying attention more to the acting and and the direction and just trying to see where the bits that rubbed me wrong were actually coming from and seeing if it was those. And it in almost every single case, it was more the writing's fault, uh, more like word choice that was made um where like they could have said something in a way that maybe wasn't as succinct but explained better um and i i felt like throughout the entire thing they wanted as little talking as possible between the two um the two leads yeah which is which is interesting because like they introduce these characters as like they've been dating for a while they've been dating for a while enough and their relationship is serious enough that they are looking for a house to buy together and so like the fact that almost from the very beginning of their ordeal they kind of aren't talking a whole lot about it Mm -hmm. and they kind of almost immediately have like an angry breakdown like with the whole driving scene about it as like sure that's that's a crazy scenario to be immediately thrown into but it but i agree with you on that sort of that thing um i did like that they they made the characters so single-minded once they started actually delving into how they were breaking down yeah right he just wanted to escape if that meant digging that hole until he hit the core of the earth yeah he was going to dig that hole until he hit the core of the earth Mm -hmm. that was his soul drive he didn't really come out of that much there were a couple of times where you know he he felt like he was connecting a bit with the kid but you know it almost immediately snapped and hers she went into herself she you could see in her she had a lot of depression about the fact that they were trapped and that Mm -hmm. she felt alone i Um, think i think that kind of shows like when when a couple feels like they're trapped like the basic um cookie cutter couple is that the man works to death to to try to oh yeah i can yeah i can get out of the situation the mother 
is depressed, but she tries to take care of the kid I to get out of the situation. Yeah, I can see that. To make the situation better. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just thought I thought the writing was was very simple, and yeah. it just it just went along very naturally. Like they, I feel like they followed plot points very well, and it was very predictable. Like there wasn't like um like. There was, I, we kind of knew what was going to happen. There wasn't necessarily a big like plot twist. Like, no. oh, oh, crap, I didn't 100% see it. There were a, few, a couple of moments where I was like, oh, crap, I didn't think they would go like that far or like that was well, odd like, type of thing. I but, think, yeah. I think the, the part that really just surprised the hell out of me, and I knew they had to do something here, uh, but when he opens up the sidewalk... Yeah, that's surprising. I was like, what? What is happening? I mean, the entire show is always is like on that edge of like this place doesn't seem quite real. Yeah. Like obviously they like with the food, the food doesn't taste like anything. Well, and the clouds. And the clouds mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then the houses themselves, even if you look at like the quote like suburban neighborhoods that are like the cookie cutter neighborhoods and everything now, you still can tell like you don't it felt even more it felt like surreal in a sense where like they were Every single one was the one hundred percent exact same color, exact same build, exact same everything. And when it did like the long shots of the buildings going there, it almost felt like you were looking like through a kaleidoscope mm-hmm. in a sense. And so like they always towed that line, but and and especially with the, the dialogue with the kid and everything. Yeah. But then when he when she finally snaps and tries killing him while he's a man. Um, and he just pulls that up and it's like that very quick shot scene of being like, Oh crap, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, they and went that, from zero that, to six. And that entire scene was like was was like I believe the climax of the entire show and everything like that. And that was the most surprising to me because I was just uh, I didn't th- I didn't think they were although lightly, they delved into like this is definitely they weren't the first nor will they be the last yeah. and it's yeah. like she got to see that other people were just getting messed up by the scenario either. well and yeah yeah it, it felt like those people were getting messed up at the same time even yeah. like yeah this isn't you're not you're not alone in in this fear that you're having right now it makes me wonder if they're all like invisible to each other and they're like all in like all the houses yeah, if that makes sense. Like they're all in their own world. Maybe like each house is that its could, own pocket that could dimension. Be because they never mm-hmm. went into another house. Yeah, no, could, but could house. they have gone to another? house? I have no idea. They never really even tried. Well, like yeah. they couldn't even leave. Like it, it shows that shot of her feet, and then like it like turns her yeah. feet like do this weird yeah. move yeah. where it turns. It's yeah. So um, like they could go like half a block away at times it seems, but like I, it, they probably maybe. Maybe could have tried to get into other houses, but maybe the houses and the windows were like unbreakable or something. Well, and it could have been one of those things where like they open the door, and as they open the door, the number of the house changes. Yeah. And they're back in number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number nine was their ghost. It, yeah. it haunted them that whole movie. This, I, I think, one of the reasons the the writing was good to me, like one of the reasons I really liked the writing was that. This didn't advertise itself as a ghost story, and when you look at it, it's it's tenuous to yeah. call it a ghost story. But the way that they interact with the house, the way that they interact with each other, this is a ghost story. Yeah, and it's it's one of the best haunting stories I've seen in recent years. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't put it up there with like Hill House or Bly Manor, but this was a good haunting. Yeah. All right, so I I originally gave writing and story a five, but like you mentioned, Chris, with the predictability, I didn't realize mm-hmm. uh, that I feel like story should have surprises in it. Um, that, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a surprise. I well, don't like, think. Well, like yeah, but like you, in like, order to keep it fresh, yeah, you need you need to put different twists on it, and so I I changed my my score to a four for writing and story. Uh, what'd you guys put? I put a four. Okay. I give it a two. You give it a two? Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Ooh, that brings Chris. us down to a three. Predictab- predictability is a huge thing for me. Like, Dang. I don't know. I, I guess I'm jaded. I watch I watch so much horror and stuff that, like, when something is super predictable to me, I'm like, yeah, but well, I, would it be super predictable I f- to everybody? 
I yeah. for I forgive <laughs> it, but it's just like only so much. I give Ooh. it a two. That brings us to a three. All right. Okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. So Again, I want to remind people eight. that I am the person that dislikes the horror genre the most out of our group. Ah, uh, second most. Oh well, yeah. Because <laughs> there is somebody yeah. who is not out of our people. Out of our people. Yeah, Jonah's not. Out of our people that will review horror, I am the person that <laughs> that dislikes it the most. Yeah. All right. Um. Next is directing. Um. Oh, I liked. I think in directing, like I it very, very much it, like looking at it, it very much you had to have somebody in there to help them along with like relationship with each other and then relationship with the kid in mm-hmm. a sense too, because I because like once you get a a kid and especially a kid in like this kind of scenario, a, a kid actor, mm-hmm. um, the director has to has you to have be, to know how to work with that kid. Yeah, in a way and they, that's not going yeah. to either scar them or not get what you want yeah. out of them um and I, yeah no i and, I and to make and yeah, yeah and to make sure that the that the actors who are working direct because this show really only has like three characters in it yeah like yeah. three main characters three characters and i'd say like maybe if you're including her friend the adult friend that talks to her at the beginning Maybe like I wouldn't. Even. Five actors that yeah. are like major. Yeah. Need and, to and be the, in things. And there's like obviously. Oh there's, well, no, it would be it would the, be like the kid, six because the kid. There's has, the kid, and then there's when he's a, when he becomes a, a an adult. An adult, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought the directing was was like as a director you need to put all the puzzle pieces together, all the design, all the actors, and it just it fit really yeah. well together. I believe so as, too. Um, as from a directing standpoint, he he just uh, he or she I don't we should probably say the names of the people that um, let me pull that worked up on it real quick so that they know. Um, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, right now. But uh, yeah, I I thought the directing was just very. They knew what they were doing. Um, oh, her name is Gemma. Her name yeah. is Gemma. Yeah, it's Tom and Gemma are the Sorry two main characters. Sorry for calling you a um, he, Gemma. That was very misogynistic of me. No, 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 no. That was <laughs> the character. Oh, the, the character's character. name oh, is Gemma. Oh, oh. Imogen puts his character's who's, name. Who's, who's the, the director? The director is uh, Lorcan Finnegan. Lorcan. All right. Never mind. Lorcan Take Finnegan. that back. Lorcan, good job. And <laughs> who was the writer? Let me look up the writer. I was going through the... So, Lorcan wrote it along with Garrett Shanley. Uh, Garrett Shanley was the official screenwriter. Okay. Cool. Good job, you two. Um, Alright. So, yeah. I thought the directing was good. I gave it a five. I gave it a five. I, I, I really enjoyed the directing for this movie. Yeah, it seemed like he was able to pull it, uh, pull all the all the components together. So I'll I'll do a five as well on that. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Now on to acting and character. Yeah, I think um. I I think acting was uh fairly well done in this mm-hmm. scenario. You very much, you got a sense of what the two may uh the characters Gemma and Tom um uh. You got a sense of like, it, it showed Gemma as, and she was like an ele, uh, elementary age school teacher. Yeah. And she very much was just one of those teachers where it's just like she's very hands on. She's a younger teacher, so she uh, mm-hmm. she can speak closer to the children and everything mm-hmm. like that. And she's and she's sensitive, like she's she was sensitive to the the girl's sadness of seeing the the bird, the, yeah. the, the dead baby bird, and uh. He, and Tom himself, um, it was also sensitive in a sense because he also did like somewhat of like a, a small burial for the bird as well too, and it showed, uh, it showed that their relationship and it and they were able to show what I feel is like a fairly very real relationship where it's just like they uh, I think one of the like moments at the very very beginning of the show is when the when they are first to, like told like uh, to follow the character Martin to this place 
uh, to view it as just a house and everything, uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character is just like, no, let's not fucking go. It's like, what? Let's fucking get out of here. And she's just like, no, let's give him a chance and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And their dynamic very much shows a, just like, like they, they come from obviously like, cause, uh, Imogen Poot's character obviously is a person that seems to be coming from, I would assume England or at least the United Kingdom and everything. Yeah. And and uh, the character Tom is uh, is he's very American. He's a he's very American. So it seems like it sh- they, it's not necessarily like they're trying to be fish out of water. But you can be like, okay, they come from different backgrounds and they have obviously they have different personalities, but they care for each other a whole lot. And sometimes you can look at some couples in movies and you wonder why on earth are they together? <laughs> yeah, and right. and this relationship, yeah. although it's been going on for a while, is still a very, very young relationship. They, mm-hmm. they, are, uh, they aren't married. Obviously, it seems like there are talks of marriage and everything like that, because, and they're buying a house together. So they're well enough long in the process. And you can tell, because you, 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 you either have been or you know a couple that has been in this part of their process of their life. And then they're thrown into this supernatural, out-of-this-world experience. Mm -hmm. And it shows a huge test. Uh, And they argue. They they fight. They sort of make up in some situations. And in other situations, it takes them a perceivably long time to make up until they realize what's most important in their Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And... On top of that, um, the children actors are so, like, especially with the in the last handful of years and stuff like that. You, uh, it, the kid f- freaked me out. Like, oh yeah, but oh, I, yeah. it was partly because of the way they edited his voice. Yeah. Um, but like the kid was able just to do there and be like, like if you if you like everybody knows the kind of person that just like walks into a room and just kind of stands there awkwardly. And it's just kind of a act like creepy by nature type of person. Yeah, that kid nailed that on the head. Yeah, mm-hmm. he nailed that on the head. His facial expressions of, um, I think there was like the line where it's like he's always watching us, and like the, him literally being like standing there just watching. It just is like oh that 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 was the kid itself is like the, was the main creepiness factor of the entire movie. For yeah, me. yeah. I I thought like like Josh said before. I thought the acting. The characters, they were supposed to be that anyone could fit into those molds. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and I, I like that. I, that's how I wrote one of my plays, Apricot Tree, as, as I want. I wanted people to... Look, he just plugged something. Yep, I did. Yep. Plugging. Plug it in. Shameless plugging. Look out for Apricot Tree in the next few years, you know? <laughs> um, 15 years from now. I heard about Apricot this Apricot Tree's coming. Uh, it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. I remember their Vivarian <laughs> podcast, um, Apricot Tree. <laughs> but, uh, we... Hold I lost my train of thought. You were talking about um, character. And yeah, how we fit like, in the molds. we... We could honestly see ourselves in those molds. And I, I thought, I thought the acting was very, very, very good. Like, the... The kid freaking and even like even like the other um the other the, actors the, the, that you see yeah like yeah. well and like martin the adult version of the kid basically mm-hmm. he freaked me out like yeah. from yeah. the get-go they, like they, they meet him and I'm they like, walk into he the is so off they walk mm-hmm. into the real estate place and it's just like um he immediately seems like he doesn't know how to talk to humans mm-hmm. yeah yeah. He he immediately does all this weird stuff. He's very like he mimics her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, once they get to the house, he literally mimics her, and it's just and that and it's just like, what? And it was well, and now it's out. That was out of the blue and being like, okay, what the crap? And then and then he's first real. And then he's and then he's just mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Well, he was like, and that was that he mimicked her in the perfect place. He mimicked her when she was like, oh, we're not thinking of having kids yet, and like. That happens to young couples so often. Like, that's happened to me and Lena, where, like, like he almost mocked her. He almost, yeah. like, mocked yeah. her. Yeah. Well, not Tom takes to have... it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
No, I, I agree with you that they they the characterization here was was pretty good, um, and the 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 blandness wasn't a problem because yeah, it, it was they made you feel like you could be these people, and yeah. I I personally felt uh, 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 like like somebody had been watching my life as I'm married to a teacher mm -hmm. and did manual labor for a long time. Yeah. Um, still trying to get back into doing manual labor. I like my job sitting behind a desk, but you know, I, I yeah. miss, I miss doing theater, honestly. And, and where I do theater is a lot of manual labor. Yeah. I, yeah. And as the story went along, the acting, the acting was still just really good. Like with yeah. the, with the trauma, with the, like, the crying, the crying at the end, when 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 her she husband goes when her husband when not her husband when, when, when she Tom is dies. when she is devastated and like as he is dying and then he does the whole like essentially his final like statements and everything like that and he's remembering the first day their first like not even it wasn't even really a date they just like no had, it's the first time they met yeah it was the first time yeah. they met and then they got drunk and then he crashed on her couch and woke up and was like describes the feeling of seeing her while waking up yeah um and then how devastated she was and then the actor playing the uh the the now grown-up child comes up and just nonchalantly pulls out this body bag i laughed because oh, that's yeah. just that's just what i did and she's just devastated and he's just like here you go <laughs> well it's like in in his nonchalantness it becomes shocking it was that but was why like, i laughed and yeah. and yeah um but no i i think yeah he it, there was nothing for me that i would point out that was wrong with the acting and not just so much that like I knew I was going to like Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots in everything that I've seen either of them in. I've yeah, they're pretty like, good. They're solid yeah. actors. These are good actors. Yeah, they're solid These are actors. people that one day I would like to work with, you know? Yeah. I, maybe not in front of the camera, but I would love to have them in front of the camera for me. Um, they're, they're good actors. And then I, I was blown away by what they were able to get, get out of the kid range-wise. Yeah. Um, because for a character that was so weird and like, you feel like he might have been pigeonholed, that kid had some range. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he went from like a normal looking kid to whatever this creature is that they've been raising. Yeah. And yeah. real quick and really easy. And he would snap back and forth and it, it seemed so natural to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, not so much just the acting and the characterization of the two that I already knew I was going to enjoy, at least enjoy, yeah. um, but everybody else that, that kind of came in contact with those two throughout the movie, and then the kid, and then, you know, him as a young adult, just, they all had so much more talent than, I think, most people would have expected from this movie that wasn't really advertised um kind of feel like it went straight to amazon prime and it yeah. wasn't a prime yeah, original it, it, it originally according yeah. to what i'm reading here it originally came from the uh cannes film festival mm, um that makes sense and uh it, it it received some good reviews and everything at the film festival itself um but it, a lot of times when especially within the united states since this a movie was filmed and produced within the UK. Mm -hmm. It uh, it doesn't receive a, usually a whole lot of reception slash uh, coming in uh, here over to the states. And I think also a pitfall of this movie was um, when I realized uh, the, what movie we were we were watching. I remember seeing and uh, the preview for it. Yeah, and the preview. Spoiled, spoiled the, the whole movie yeah it like yeah. the final two major plot points of the movie was like the only thing it did it didn't really spoil yeah and uh to me so like that was also part of the predictability thing i was talking about earlier and a lot of people are very put off by like well i just watched the movie as the preview well it's like so. uh uh me and chloe were having this conversation the other day and there's like a reason why why pro production companies do that with their previews now um, and that might be a conversation for another time or we could delve into it right now, but 
Uh, like can, yeah. we we watched My Spy with Dave Bautista. Also, if you've seen the trailer for that movie, don't worry about watching the movie. You've seen the movie. Um, and then like most Marvel movies. If you've seen the trailer, I mean, you don't need to I watch mean, the in movie. A sense, you, you've you, seen the movie. But, they hit all of the major plot points. Endgame was the only one that we really didn't have. I mean, it depends. A trailer that yeah. gave us everything. Yeah, you look yeah. at like Endgame, and it's like you, a lot of questions. Yeah, yes. Let's say we know that the big three of the Avengers were going to go toe to toe with Thanos. Yeah, and but they, we didn't know how everything was going. We to didn't. Actually pan we out. didn't know that Thor was going to be uh, was go, was going to be fat and depressed and everything. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that uh, Tony, uh, Tony and Steve were going to be back. So stuff like that where it's like, you can show us, like, yeah, this major event is going to happen. Yeah, but you but, can still hide it well. Yeah. And I think, specifically, the Marvel movies do that really well. Yeah. Yeah. But trailers are in that point now. And there, there is a reason. Uh, film production companies have done, like, tests and everything. And when... When audiences know less about something, they're less likely to go watch it. Interesting. Which doesn't make sense to me because if, if you give me just enough to pique my curiosity, right? Like just the basis of the plot, mm-hmm. right? Like I have been dying to watch The Haunting of Bly Manor, not just because I watched Hill House and was really excited for a sequel series, uh, but because they said Little Kids and Ghosts. And I was like, yes. I want this. Like, um, and I, I, I get really tired of seeing like rise of Skywalker. I think one of the biggest fail points of that movie was that they, they showed Palpatine. everything with Palpatine yeah. in the trailers. And so, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, and, but like, and the opening scroll, but with Batman, with Robert Pattinson's Batman, they didn't show everything. No, we still don't actually know yeah. who the, the villain the, really the is. The movie is only a third I, I of the way the filmed, too. Yeah, yeah. I think the villain's Riddler. Well, I think I, so, I too. think so, either Riddler or Hush. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I guess that's just, yeah, that can be for a different thing of whether or not, like... Because in my opinion, it's just like, I, at least in my experience with a lot of people I talk to and see online, where it's just like, oh, well, I've seen, I've seen the movie now, why the hell would I go... Yeah. Why would the hell would I even... Maybe if it comes on a streaming service, or maybe if I find and illegally download it for free yeah. or something like that. But like, uh, and we'll so that part out. The, <laughs> I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning or I, I enforcing. Do not, do not yeah, illegally not, download. Yeah. But it happens. I can't. I can't happen. say that it doesn't happen, and a very large amount of people do that, especially in the era of that we are right now. Yeah. Okay, let's move All on right. to the next. Uh, thing. Yeah, acting and character. I gave a five. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did a very good job with the limited cast and everything. Five, I believe so. Cool. All right. Now let's go on to special effects and CGI. Uh, not a lot. There, there wasn't a um, whole lot. Um, not a whole lot. What there was, like, uh, it, it was almost it all looked practical. A um, lot, a lot of it. I think the the specific house they were at was very practical. Along well, like, with they probably built up some of the some of the neighboring houses and everything too. yeah yeah but like when you look at like when they climb up on top of the house and they're looking at the clouds yeah right mm-hmm. those look like paper wadded up yeah and yeah, strung but it, up but it fit but it, it, it worked it, yeah. it made everything feel it, off it, and even when like the sidewalk comes after up, it doesn't I, look like thinking, something that was cgi'd yeah. in yeah, it looked natural. It looked like something that should yeah. have happened in this neighborhood. Thinking about it yeah. again, at first it was just like kind of off-putting because I am a person that is very unforgiving when it comes to mediocre or worse CGI, mm-hmm. especially in just the in like we live in stuff where like if you look like like in the Star Wars films and everything like that, you look at a uh, an X wing and you can see the metal you can see the wear and tear of that yep. of that thing that shit looks real and how can we live in that world where it's just like oh man this guy there's a fake dog on screen and the dog looks like he's made out of seven polygons <laughs> and it's like uh, so like for for the first part of the movie when while watching it I was off put and I was just like man I wish this kind of didn't look like it was on a green screen. It didn't look like it was on a. Uh, I wish it didn't look like it was on a green screen, and the houses, the houses almost had that feel when I 
when I very first watched the movie 300 and you looked at all the soldiers and, it, and it was repeating. But Ooh. the thing is... It should have looked like that. Thinking about it and then like, part of the way through the movie, I was like, no, this, this fits with it. This mm -hmm. feels... It could have been an accident, but this feels like this was a very cho a choice, especially when they have the conversation of like, what do those clouds look like? Well, they look like clouds. Well, yeah, they don't look like anything. Where I come from, clouds sometimes look like stuff. Yeah. And so very much it, it, because they were like essentially in like a pocket dimension, yeah. essentially. Or like a dollhouse. Yeah, they were well, like, yeah, it, like when, when he when hole. he started digging, and it wasn't really dirt he was digging up. It was almost no, it was like cardboard. Uh, mm -hmm. It brought me back to his like while they're in that real estate agency. There's those there's those house yeah. those little mini models of the house. Yeah. To me, it was just like, oh no, this is a mini model of a town mm -hmm. that they're in, and this is essentially like, oh here we go. And then the overlords are the people over, and they deliver a box and like here, yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's and like I got that feel. And then once I once I was like, okay, th that means that because the movie didn't require a lot of CGI, the only real CGI I think that happened in in the whole real movie was um, when the kid. The throat, the thing with oh, his okay. throat, mm -hmm. yeah, and cool. the whole climax of the movie where like she's kind of melting through walls and stuff like that, yeah, and that looked good, yeah, that yeah, that yeah, looked good. Really good. It was very quick and very brief, so like there wasn't really a whole lot of room for error, yeah. But that looked really good in the sense, uh, and, and it were in the sense the other stuff kind of looked. Yeah, it looked green screen and it looked fake because it is fake. It is fake. Yeah. It is mm -hmm. it is supposed to have that feel and 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 the characters acknowledge and realize it and because the characters acknowledge and realize it it makes it so that it's part of the actual story. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and like specifically going back to like uh, when he's digging, how he figures out that he could actually dig when he when he flicks the cigarette butt and the grass stop motions around it yeah yeah that was like one of my favorite effects in the entire movie yeah. was that stop motion grass because i was like watching it and i rewound it and i watched it again and i was like oh my god that is so cool yeah and it's just perfect uh stop motion i was very excited about all of the effects in this movie cgi or practical i just think everything came together in in a way that felt supernatural and seamless yeah so I gave that a five. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I get. I do it a, a five for that as well. Cool. Very few effects, but very well done. Yep. Yep. All right. Next is sound and music. The only uh, music was through it, the car radio. Was through the car radio. Yeah. Yeah. When they got to the place, it was. And again, this is another thing that was acknowledged by the characters. It was unnaturally silent yeah there wasn't even wind mm -hmm. that there wasn't uh and so i think she mentions that she mentioned yeah, yeah. she, yeah. she, she mentions how that. she misses no i think he mentions i think tom mentions uh maybe they both do but somebody mentions about the about do you remember the wind uh yeah i never thought how much i enjoyed it until it was gone no it's it's tom yeah tom says it. I, mm -hmm. and i think and so like the only and so, like, they do, and it's in a, in a sense that, like, kind of all, that harkens all the way back to, like, is it the birds that doesn't have any? The birds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought about that, too, was, like, yeah. is that a nod to the birds? Of... Well, I mean, I mean, like. Well, I think, I think it's used pretty thoroughly throughout now. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's, it's, it, it's a nod to, like, in an older style where it's just like we're you don't have to have you don't have to have music yeah. to make things feel uneasy the lack of something yeah. can be more impactful than having like if you had a grand orchestra make this and uh, make this entire uh, film work yeah and and yeah. It, it's just like uh, in the opposite sense going back again to star wars like their music is very iconic and everything and yeah you can't have a star wars movie without music it you can't in every single scene yeah like they have battle music they have them idling. They, have, they yeah. have music for literally every they single have scenario. They music. Yeah, they have brooding music. They have cantina music. And they have I mean, bar music. And so, which is like, which is good because they have you know a composer like John Williams. Yeah. That, that, that brings them all. Or, that. but like yeah, like this this was a movie that didn't suffer for not having music. Yeah, it was a very um, purposeful thing done. Yeah, and I I liked the no music. 
uh, every once in a while, some of Tom and Gemma's lines kind of, uh, the way that the sound design was done around them, I didn't love so much. I felt it was a very quiet movie a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, especially in like times where they were talking in normal voices and I was still turning yeah, there up was my a, TV there, to try and get it up. There was a couple of times where it felt, it did feel a little bit muffled. Yeah. In a, mm-hmm. in a, even like if they were talking in the same room and everything yeah. like that. And so I think that was a shortcoming where it's like, I think the effect they wanted to be was like, this is like, again, the unnatural, un, the unnatural silence trying to go to it. But to me, it's, uh, I'm uh, in the area of character dialogue. Character dialogue needs to be clear, clear, and you need to be able to hear unless, it. Unless there is a reason for it to not be clear. It yeah. needs to be clear. I, I think the same message would have gone across with the eeriness and the silence if they had just made it so that the, the, the actors, because they act, think, were, were clearer, I think the same message would have happened. I think even more so you could have pushed that message if no matter where the actors were in the house. Yeah. Right? Regardless of where the camera was at that point, uh-huh. you could hear the actors clearly. That'd it would push that unnatural feeling. That would be something interesting. Even more. Yeah. So, yeah. like, when it came to the sound design, I was less <laughs> impressed than I was... Pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. Like I gave this movie a lot of fives on our on our rating criteria. Uh, the sound design suffered. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, notice... I I liked the the no music. That was that was a good point. But the the characters dialogue really got to me. I didn't really notice the the characters dialogue. Any issues with that? I I didn't. I think the part that bothered me the most, and it's it's a scene that you pointed to earlier was when he's dying and he's remembering that first day that they met. I was yeah. like leaning towards my TV and I had it up it, to a hundred just was, to try and it, yeah, hear that's, and she's right next to him. That scene is supposed to be intimate and with each other and everything like that. But yeah, I think in that scene in particular, he was a little bit too quiet. And again, this could be just maybe me leaning towards the biased of like, there, there's a lot of movies out there where, where some directors, some designers very much are just like, yeah, we like they choose to put the dialogue on a different, like a a farther back track. Yeah, it yeah. might have been the editing. And so well, I, yeah, but that's still sound that's, design. Yeah, that's yeah. Still if they're editing it. sound. It's still sound design. I that's, think um, I think one of the biggest uh the biggest people being hit by that nowadays is like Christopher Nolan. Nolan films, the last four or five Nolan films, albeit they're good and grand spectacle films, he very much, if you if you look on the, listen to the character's dialogue, it is hard to hear some of the dialogue because there's so a much stuff. A lot of the time. So, and like a lot of people meme like Dark Knight Rises with Bane and his mask and everything like that, but that kind of was the start of it. And but, yeah. the biggest critique of the latest movie, Tenet, was... Uh, Still haven't seen that was apparently it's just like you listen to it and it was almost at like it definitely was something that happened throughout the entirety of the movie was the dialogue took a back burner to all the other action and noise and but but you needed to hear every ounce of dialogue to even try to understand the movie yeah well that that was one of my biggest problems with inception Inception, especially I have other problems with inception but yeah in the (laughs) i think it's the real world where they're crashing in the van it might have been the first dream. But when they're in the van crashing and they're going yeah. into every my, other dream, right? My, yeah, my, you yeah. Cannot, once, once when they hit, go to the van, you can't hear anything when that you needs hear, to be heard. That, when there's like the seven different scenes yeah. happening in that sequence, I'm just like, what am I hearing? What's happening? Yeah. And I understand this is supposed to be a sensory like explosion yeah. and everything. But you but still need to hear I want to what hear the happening. actors. I want to hear the actors so I know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like and like a movie like uh like Vivarium and everything like that, you want to absorb every piece of information possible in in order to maybe try to understand any of what any any of the show. And the show leaves kind of open ended in a sense yeah. where it's like we don't necessarily want you to know or understand what the, this world is. This is just an event that is happening in yeah. a sense. But like, I still want to hear the actors. Yeah, I still want to. I still want to be able to clear and concisely hear that sort of stuff. And I felt like it could have been done a little bit differently. Like it yeah. was. It was close to still. It was. It fit the theme, 
but it fit the theme a little bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I really just, the, the dialogue killed me. Um, so yeah. I, are we, are we ready to give our scores? Cause yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I gave sound a two. I give it a three. I gave it a five. Cause I, I really didn't have an issue or okay. problem with it. I mean, that makes sense, man. Um, so are we giving it a three? In general, I think, I think so. that's what it averages out yeah, to. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll. I wanted to add one more thing. I really liked how there was happy music instead of sad music, and that oh, made it when creepier. they were playing it in the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right. Next is cinematography and lighting. Um, oh, that cinematography. The The lighting. Um, the lighting I felt gave it more of like. It added to the surreal nature of mm -hmm. it, um, because like even though the houses themselves were bright green, it was almost as if the lighting itself was just like it didn't quite look like sunlight. <sighs> no, yeah, it, no. it, it was looked it like was, somebody was holding a flashlight. It was adjacent to sunlight, and like every single time it did a shot of the sun, and the sun was like perfect. Yeah, and I'm like, there's some days where you can see the sun and it's almost perfect and everything like that, but most days you're seeing the sun and not even necessarily clouds, maybe just like smog or immersion. Any kind of haze, it, yeah. Or like, or whatever. But every single day, the sun was the same color. Every single day, the sun was the same, like basically perfect. a perfect circle. Like perfect round disc in the, in yeah. the sky. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even think if you pay attention to the movie, I may have to look back at it, that <laughs> there was even really shadows cast by the, the clouds that were there. No. So, no. Um, and I, I, I liked the sun because it kind of harkens back to, uh, when, the, when they show the sun, it harkens back to one of the first shots in the exorcist. It's oh yeah. This, uh, they're in, I want to say it's Afghanistan or Iraq, uh, when he finds the Pazuzu totem. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just shows a shot of the sky and there's like heat waves and everything. And right above where the heat waves end. There's a perfect orange sun just beating down on this like pale orange and yellow sky. Um, and it, it's, it's a shot that has stuck with me since the very first time I started trying to watch The Exorcist, um, which I never finished The Exorcist until like four months ago because yeah. I would get like 10 minutes in and I'd get busy or I'd get 10 minutes in and I'd be like, Nah, I'm not really feeling this tonight. Or I'd get ten minutes in and I'd be like, "This is a bit too creepy for me." Um, and then I, I, I actually watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Different movie, different review time. Yeah, but it calls back to that, and and like the the first shot that you see of the sun in this place is almost the exact same thing, except for instead of a pale yellow and orange sky, it's a bright blue sky. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I really, I, I, I liked the lighting. I yeah. liked the cinematography. That, when they're trying to get out, and it just keeps cross-dissolving, yeah. right? Yeah. And their their faces really are, like, just barely off from where they were before. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was really good. It was good. just, I, I enjoyed it. And they, they did they did a lot of really cool, like, angles, and they, yeah. did, they did close-ups towards the end where they're really next to like the forehead their forehead which makes them look crazy mm -hmm. yeah. and it was it was just very clean and very good um alina pointed out something that i want to bring up is that there was a lot of use of primary colors yes yep. uh, besides the green it seemed that like what like in the house almost every single room had its own distinct primary color yeah like uh i think the bathroom was like red yeah. Or mm -hmm. or at least a pink issue or something like that, and it's just like it very much seems as just like it was very cut and dry. Now mm -hmm. their 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 color palette for the movie outside of Tom and Gemma's outfits, yeah, uh, because those get into some earth tones and, yeah. and yeah. stuff. Uh, but their color palette for the movie was like six colors. Yeah, they yeah. had it was the primary and secondary and nothing else. Yeah, and. Uh, it, yeah, there was there was times where it felt almost monochrome when they were in a specific room and the only color you were seeing was that one primary or yeah. secondary color and you were like, Jesus exactly. Christ. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was he, really good. He wasn't there with them. It made, no. it, seem, it, made it seem fake. It made it seem Yeah, it, it fake, played into that whole, yeah. that whole dollhouse feel that the whole movie has. Yeah. All right, I think we covered that. I gave it a five. I gave it a five. Yeah, five. Okay. I mean, this movie should be at least in the 40s. Yeah, we're at 31 right now. System. And we have three more things to go through, so... Let's go. Um, we're, we're approaching an hour. Yeah. Okay. Hair and makeup. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was. I good. mean, yeah. I I thought it was fine. It didn't. It didn't really have to be anything. Yeah. Other it than it, it was just fine. like Tom and Gemma were just normal day to day people. There wasn't a whole lot of like they need to doll themselves up for anything. Yeah. And like, I guess the probably the, like they made the kid obviously seem paler. Yeah. And, uh, like, obviously his hair was his just, hair was... like, yeah. it never, it never really insinuated, like, the kid always just appeared dressed yeah. and, like, ready for the day and everything. And I've just, I like to just assume that, like, his hair never can be messed up. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, and sure, he can change clothes and everything like that, but he just shows up and he's like, he doesn't have to care about hygiene or anything yep. like that. And, and so, yeah. yeah. So well, I, I think this category is really simple. I think it was done fine. There wasn't a lot to work with. Though. There wasn't a whole lot to work with. I will say, though, that one of the things that really uh, made me happy about this category uh-huh. was the continuity. Mm-hmm. Tom never showered. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. He, he continually... And they had and, two sets of clothes. They had the clothes like, that they came with. Yeah, and, and then and, the clothes that and they the were pa- given. the pajamas yeah. that they were given. And on that. I'm not sure if that falls under the category of this. But yeah, it does. The, but with the with the cat. Oh well, no! Never mind. No, that would be costuming. I mean, I guess we could talk about costuming with this too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, all tied in, really. Yeah, yeah. it uh, like yeah, Tom, like, and then by the end, obviously, like he 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 was bruised and battered from yeah. doing the hard labor and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and well, that looked like, natural. His everything his progressed naturally, and it was the same place on him, right? Like, yeah. Like, when he would get a dirt smear on his forehead, the next scene, no matter how many days it seemed had passed, that dirt smear was still perfectly on his forehead. And so that really was what I was looking at more when I thought of hair and makeup, because this is a movie that doesn't really do a whole lot with with hair and makeup as, like, effects. This is just normal people in an abnormal situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gave hair and makeup a five. Me too. Yeah, it was it simple but well done. Yep. Um, I mean, do we want to move costumes. to costumes? Because that yeah. is... Costumes Costuming, were... Like, I liked the limited costumes. Yeah, the, like, it, 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 it very of, much yeah. kept the continuity of... They had these two things. Yep. And I liked the fact that it even showed it, like, basically, she had to do laundry at least, like, almost every single day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his costumes, Tom's costumes, basically, uh, his main clothes just became dirtier and more stained. Yeah. And the kid's costume stayed pretty much crisp, clean, yeah. almost, like, sterile. In a sense, that I think sterile is the right word. I think yeah. sterile is a good word to and, describe the kid. Period. And like, mm-hmm. and the costume was one of the main things where it's just like, yeah, this something's going. Like, this kid is obviously related by some means to the to the guy we met at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I kept expecting a name tag. Well, Wait, the name he... that he takes Martin's name yeah. tag at the end of the movie. So the name Martin is just a moniker. Yeah, like, it's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get costumes of five as well. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, the five. Yeah. yeah, another another simplicity, but like very well, very well done. I think this movie really excelled in the places where it kept itself yeah. simple. Yeah, some people can just... fall. Some people can fall into the pitfalls of like, okay, this was too simple, but this movie in some areas needed that simplicity. Well, I, yeah, no, I think the story that they were trying to tell really just takes off with the simplicity yeah and it makes them more relatable Mm -hmm. it makes the characters more relatable like you you probably know a guy who shows up to work every single day with a crisp iron white button-up shirt with the that looks like it's the same outfit but you know he owns like seven of them at his at his home yeah i do he's a life coach (laughs) and (laughs) and so you know this guy and, and again one of those guys can be like to him maybe nothing else but his outfit makes you feel off to you yeah all right 
Um, okay, uh, period and dialogue. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> Why did Tom not have a British accent? He's American. I think I, I it doesn't talk about it, but yeah, I, I I'm just I'm just wondering. Well, like obviously he's he's you, American in the story. Do you want to know why they made that choice? Yeah, like why why did they make that choice? I mean, I th- I, I believe like it wasn't an accident. I I think if whatever discussion they had behind the scenes of that was may very well have come down to when they like if they were doing the auditioning process and maybe yeah. and probably jesse eisenberg did a reading and they were like okay and the writers looked at it and said yeah it actually technically doesn't matter if like Gemma, yeah, like, if Gemma has a french accent and tom, and tom has a german accent yeah. or what as mm-hmm. long as as long as they could be cohesive together and they could read their individual lines together um and like it also, to me, shows like because in a lot of movies you see a lot of people from the same country. It's just like okay, well, the like couples are both British, couples are both Irish, couples mm-hmm. are both American. You see a lot of that, and to me, it could have been potentially. I'm not sure if it was really a whole lot of discussion or anything. Been like, hey, we're just going to have this couple. One is a person that obviously was. Was was raised it raised in some part of the UK, and one was obviously raised in in probably the United States and moved over here. And looking at the story, it really isn't a big deal. Like if Tom was British, what would have changed about his character? No, uh, he probably would have been. Here's the thing: I don't think they changed the script because he would say things that. British people say. Yeah, he may have been he living said, there for said, a while. Give me a go, and I, yeah. I've never heard Americans say give that is me something. A go. Well, like I, again, he could have been a person that was born and raised in the United States, and then probably been living in the UK yeah. for, for a I handful mean, of years. Yeah. You pick it just up kind of threw me. You pick out up slang. I mean, I mean all no, I can time. see that. Yeah. Um, like really, I, I mean, I, I've been calling you guys my guy. All, yeah. all weekend. Yeah. That is not something that I normally would do. It's something fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, and it's just because it's a new slang term that I picked up. So yeah. he's living in the UK. It makes sense that he would have some UK slang regardless of whether he has a British accent. I don't think that they wrote for a British person and then were like, you know what? Let's make him American. I, I think... I think they wrote it and I it think probably they wrote was two British... It probably was some British writers, and when they wrote the dialogue, yeah, it has some British intake in it and everything like that. But but and then it's like, but whatever, whoever gets acted, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who yeah, uh, who gets into this? And I can see because like obviously like since we all noticed it, it's a it's an it's an obvious thing to us to see like yeah, this guy was American, uh, or at least American born and raised, mm-hmm. um, because of his accent and because of stuff like that. But to me, I don't know. I th- I don't think it was very likely that they had like yes, we have to have an American play no. Tom. To yeah. me, uh, to me, I think the most likely scenario was like they had auditions for they the show. They had an or, idea of what they wanted. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg came in and they were yeah. like, we should use him. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how it did. I I just it threw me out when he would use British slang. Yeah, um, and it it is always pretty interesting. Like something like. There are certain things like when you see and you, ex- I think it came down to expectations. Like, oh, this guy's American. Wait, he just said a British slang. So yeah, like but like, I don't think we would have heard him call a cookie a biscuit. Probably, I think he would. He, he would have called, called a cookie a cookie. A cookie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think you know. I, I I think like terms that are instilled in you as as an American as you're growing up uh-huh. would stay those things. Um, I think. Really, because what what we do hear him use that is British is slang, yeah, yeah. and that's that's something that's super interchangeable. Yeah. All right, uh, let's grade it. I gave I gave it a four. Uh, period and dialogue. Period was fine. It was modern day. Yeah. Didn't notice anything. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean they kept like it 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 felt like it could happen today or at least within the last few years or within yeah. the next few years and so it, I think I think it did. A pretty good job with that and so yeah, yeah let's do 
five. Yeah, I, I, I give it. Yeah, a five. I had I had no okay. issues with so it. So it's a five. All right, so we are at forty six. Uh, that is done. Going through everything. We're forty six. We took four points off of the entire the entire score. And I think I. You I, know what? I I really enjoyed the movie though. Yeah, like, the movie. Honestly, so that is an A minus. Yeah, honestly, like I enjoyed the movie. Uh, My biggest qualm doesn't really fit under one specific category, except for the fact, like, it it just it it fell flat in a couple areas for me. Yeah, it was this was definitely a movie that like, um, sit down, you watch. There were some unexpected things. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of predictable things which lowered it a lot in my eyes and. This didn't fall under like normal like Halloween horror, yeah, or no. anything like that. This definitely was more of a um, it was conceptual horror. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah, it was more of just like eeriness, haunting feeling like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was. Um, it was. No, I liked it. It uh, a psychological thriller. It was borderline cosmic horror. Yeah, yeah. I would. Right? So you can't. You can't really define it and 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 put a like fine tune um which is what cosmic horror is like you can't say oh that that monster is why i'm afraid Mm -hmm. um it's a a concept that you're afraid of yeah yeah uh all right awesome so a minus movie uh if you haven't yet We've already spoiled it for you, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of your fault for listening, though. Yeah, on kiss a movie review that you Go watch seen. it, though, because even it being sp- spoiled, it's a good uh, movie. The, yeah. It's still super good. We can't spoil the visuals, and the visuals is yeah, what the makes visuals this movie. Are romantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we need to decide what we're gonna what we're gonna do next. Do next. Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> I think we should do uh I think we should do like a classic horror movie. Like a classic like Halloween horror movie. Next. Uh, all right. You want to do classic Halloween horror movie. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Let's do Halloween. All right. The original Halloween. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right? okay. Let's do it. Yeah, speak uh yeah, sticking with our with the Halloween theme, we'll do that yeah. hopefully next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope. yeah, we can do um we get we're gonna do Halloween. Jonah probably won't be joining us this next time. Uh yeah, he was he was right in our last podcast about not being part of this for two or three weeks. <laughs> he might he might join us on the next one. We we could do uh, we could do like a Halloween, Halloween movie. Now, and watch out yeah. for my six hour review of Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> that's gonna be a bi monthly. Um, yeah, that's actually going to be for our top subscribers. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be very in depth. My most emotional work ever. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Subscribe to us, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Fortin Horseman. Uh, we are the Apocalypticast signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. See you guys. Bye bye.